0: time to wildly guess in honor of the recent release date shuffle, what's a movie you think you're actually going to see in theaters this year?
1: I'm Katie Rich, and in my fantasy world, Cannes is cancelled. Nothing against Cannes. I just don't get to go. Uh, but Toronto still happens somehow, and that is where I will see Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch.
2: Cancelled. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm at Patches, and I'm going to go with Do we're gonna get dune baby it's gonna happen i'm seeing dune in a movie theater no matter what
0: well, hey, it's me. A, I don't know. yeah i mean i'm it right there with you it's me Zay with the seven not looking great for the mcu so i'm going all the way to the december releases please let me see spider-man in december in a theater please
3: wait oh my god what spider-man that movie comes out this year there's, there's a Spider-Man? spider-man 3 yeah that's coming it. out this year there's no way that's coming out this year they
1: have so many marvel <laughs> movies backed up ahead yeah. of it don't they yeah, have to get black widow out
3: first <laughs> that's they got they got black widow they got the eternals they got they're gonna
2: have to pass a few stones before we get and i'm not yeah. talking about infinity stones yeah i'm uh, saying that
0: i would love to see a spider-man movie come out on the date
2: that it is scheduled for, which yeah. is 17th, well, let's hope for let's hope for a wandavision cameo
3: i would love to see the filibuster abolished but who knows if that's gonna happen um i think that's a movie. i <laughs> uh i'm david ehrlich and uh for me this is a, an easy choice i gotta go with no time to die or as i've been calling it since it was first delayed no time to die which feels like uh, the theme all the of time in the world year. to die
1: i think is what it is
3: sure. uh view to a kill uh, you only. I don't, know, if I don't care. <laughs> but that that is going to be the movie that I. I'm convinced that's the movie that's going to bring people back to theaters. People want to see James Bond on the big screen. It better be good. I think good. by then Anna no de Armas will Joji have Fucanaga. risen
1: as a star and stopped being a star before that movie comes out.
3: Wow.
0: Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri Clear and plain, and
3: coming through
0: fine. <laughs> coming through fine too eh
3: good then well then as you say we're both coming through fine good well it's good that you're fine then and, and i'm fine i agree with you it's great to be
1: fine It's, it's a podcast. A podcast. hello and welcome to fighting in the war room it's episode 333 wow i like that some synchronicity uh it's, pan- it's halfway possible. to six 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 Woo! <laughs> uh it's pandemic 45 and i do recognize the uh irony that we said we count pandemics until we all saw tenant and this week we're discussing tenant but the pandemic oh, i mean it was the last week we count pandemics no i think we gotta at least keep going to 52 <coughs> right
2: well um, i mean uh, someone has to get vaccinated
1: for <laughs> <it>. oh <laughs> that's <laughs> not about oh, that. yeah, yeah. oh okay all right fine which one of us will be the first to get vaccinated
2: uh david do you have any conditions (laughs)
3: uh i know it's widely you just sound like you
2: might i don't
3: know i was gonna say it's widely assumed that uh the the trade film critics you know the people they really need to review the friday releases every week are essential workers um, and so I should be towards the top of the list, mm-hmm. but, uh, when I called the New York state vaccine line, I was told that that is in fact, somehow not the case. And that, um, I am actually now the last person they have to make sure that they <laughs> vaccinate literally every, including the anti-vaxxers who are not going to get it. And then they will come. We're going to be
2: it. hunted down.
1: Yeah. I, I truly uh, think we're all about equally inessential. So, uh, please do not stay tuned for us to wow. get vaccine. It'll be a while.
2: Damn.
1: Yeah. What?
0: Strangely, according to my healthcare provider, I'm slightly above you normies because I you smoke. I vape. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You asshole. Oh. You're one of them.
1: Yeah. All right. Dave. <laughs> yeah, smokers cut
0: the line. All right. Yeah. Is... You raise my you raise my taxes. I get a vaccine a week. Before Incredible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when Dave gets vaccinated, we'll stop counting pandemic. We'll oh. see what happens first. <laughs> the one year anniversary or uh, Dave getting the vaccine. Well, oh for now it's pandemic forty-five. It's the week of Wednesday, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty-one, and that's the day that in two thousand and four, Usher released a single. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, boop, boop, boop. I, side story: I was driving with my kids on this longest drive this weekend, and I would put on like two thousand Spotify hits just to like keep myself awake. And that came on, and then Charlie, who's four and a half, asked to listen to it again because he liked it so much. So we're bringing it back. This is gonna be the year <laughs> of yeah. <laughs>
0: finally it's packed it took us 16 17 years but it is coming did back. it ever leave we but... needed the
2: tough times
1: yeah it's, it's here to cheer us up okay david do we have any reviews
3: katie we do not
1: Boo! Oh. Oh. well then well
3: well i, I guess we're if you want to if features.
1: you want to be an essential worker at the front of the line like david you have to be a reviewer so leave us a review yeah that's right that is not How a medically backed on, up claim
2: if we get to the review segment we don't have reviews we're just gonna stop for the episode, we're gonna turn it off. We're gonna leave.
1: It's like a real yeah, po- parenting move. We've learned threatening
3: the podcast. <laughs> you know, it really helps. You we can, threaten the I entire podcast. Like we're gonna, uh, you gonna misbehave? I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> no, Don't worry about it. I'll just yeah, yeah. That, that was whatever. Patch is bringing some real father of a three year old energy into the equation. <laughs> but I, uh, I just feel like if I got a vaccine before. So many people out there need it. Like I would be the person who people thought of when their relatives were dying. That they were like, "That motherfucker <laughs> wow. got a vaccine." <laughs>
1: oh, wait, okay, okay. Like I would
3: be the poster child for that, and they would hold it against me, as probably well they should. I think so. Ted
1: Cruz will, will, and always will be the poster child for that. Don't worry.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. How about this? Um, if we don't any week that we don't get reviews, I get to do a segment on Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Every
2: week.
0: For the Thank love for of that. all that
3: is holy in this world, please. You I, guys, will start, I will start. You guys have to this upon yourself yeah. this week and every week
0: for going forward that you do it's not like leave one us is a It's like minute
3: by minute
2: podcasts except it's a second by second.
1: the <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong trailer.
2: Yeah, so we're just going to keep analyzing it. Was that
1: Mecha Godzilla mm.
2: that so- Where
1: Where can we figure out
0: the tunnels and the entrances to Hollow Earth? You could find out if you don't leave us reviews at Fighting in the War Room on iTunes
2: so for the top segment of the night we're going to talk about a a new hulu special called in and of itself it stars I guess he is considered a magician but the more I've been reading about him he uh, I uh, this guy Derek Del Gout Gau- Gau- G- Gaudio? Gaudio 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 I can't pronounce things Derek Derek My boy Derek um made a new special and he is uh he's buddies with David Blaine he's clearly indebted deeply to Ricky Jay uh the sleight of hand artist who R.I.P. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that was a while ago. <laughs> I, He's, I guess you know, he could still resting you in peace. What? Still we resting hope. in peace. Um, but uh, Derek is also... Uh, Ricky J is also... If, if any celebrity is not actually dead, it's Ricky travails. Jay. Yeah, he just went undercover. <laughs> um, man, I could also spend all day watching Ricky J videos on YouTube, which probably is the reason I loved in and of itself uh, this Derek special. But Derek is also a, a, a contemporary Derek of special. Marina Abramovic. <laughs> Uh, Marina Abramovic who what was her big uh
3: moment the artist the artist
1: is, is present
2: made her a big name. Come on, she's yeah, back the in the news now she... that
3: uh, Bernie has been memed into her show. Is
1: oh, is really? that what back I in the news means?
2: That. That's what. <laughs> yeah. that, if you
3: have been if you have brushed against the Bernie meme. Depends on maybe. what what newspapers
2: are you um, the High quality rags <laughs> I'm reading. Yeah, uh Marina Abramovic, you know, made a name for herself by sitting in the Museum of Modern Art uh, in a chair. Anyone could sit across from her and stare into her eyes and uh, people had emotional reactions. I think that you can draw a direct line from that experiment, that artistic performance art um, to what Derek Delgadio is doing in, in and of itself. Yes, it is definitely a magic show. And maybe we'll contend on that. I don't know, but like he's performing sleight of hand magic and standing on stage and doing mentalist tricks, with a big audience here in New York, it was filmed. Is, is he the mind uh, freak? <laughs> mind freak, is oh, he? Man.
0: Is he the mind freak? Remember
2: that time that Jim Carrey and Steve Carell made a movie where Jim Carrey played Chris Angel? Um, yeah, you know uh, our friends really on
3: Blank Check were just talking about it uh, this week. <laughs> oh, in Lord. their episode so on uh, on Foxcatcher. No, what was the fucking Steve Carell movie they're doing? Right, Welcome to Marwood, and they were saying, "How that, dare uh, you!" Bert, Burt Wonderstone uh, truly does not exist. And that is uh, correct. Open South by and then immediately closed permanently. It does
2: not exist. Uh, This this special does exist. And I'm, I'm dancing around a lot of things here because I'm trying to figure out the best way to talk about it. Before the podcast, David mentioned that he had heard a lot of people say, oh, it's good to go into this special without knowing too much. And I don't normally agree with those things. I feel like The best things stand up to that. But I do think you could puncture some of the magic of this special, which is really uh, more of a monologue performance, more of someone grappling with heavy feelings and look and looking back at life, trying to find meaning uh, and using the art of magic to convey these emotions. Derek, when he takes the stage, he's in this constant state of like almost crying and i think that that tactic can be compared to his sleight of hand card tricks like i think there is sleight of hand emotional manipulation going on through the the his style Absolutely. of acting and um and it works on you the same way a magic trick does If the magic trick inspires all this performance, this monologue, which uh, dips in and out of, of storytelling and memoir and self-reflection. And of course the tricks themselves, um, this is all to get under your skin and have, have the audience confront uh, emo- uh, ideas of their own identity. The, the show starts with the audience coming onto the stage and everyone has to take a card that says I am something. It looks like they must have like 300 cards every night where it could be, I'm a scientist or I'm a leader or I'm nobody or I'm, you know, there's so many options. You get to choose what you want and they collect your cards and they form a stack, uh, put on a table at the beginning of the show and uh, they're, they're checkoffs name tags, <laughs> essentially, because they come back and factor in a big way at the end of the porn, And we won't go into that. But the entire show is about considering, like, where have you come from? What are you doing now? And what is the future? And can you write it yourself? And Dave, you have seen this whole thing. Katie and David have started watching it. I'm surprised you could put it down. It's only 90 minutes. Well, I I understand that. Yes, I understand.
3: You have things to do, of course. But I do want to say that it does open with a title card that I really wanted to respect, which is saying, you know, please put away your phone and and turn on the lights and focus on this for for 90 minutes at a time. It's an ask that uh, now feels. Special that people need to make special dispensation for um that used to sort of be implicit in the viewing experience and while some people might find that presumptuous, I found it endearing and I only great. wish I only wish that I could have it's
0: part of the whole trick of the of the movie. The movie is a fantastic magic show slash trick in that it contextualizes these everyday things within defining yourself. But because it's a magic trick, it's going to run through the Christopher Nolan prestige number of steps of a magic trick. So this show starts out and he will tell you what he's going to do in the show. Not exactly, but he's going to tell you basically what he's going to do in the show. And then he executes it. The opening story is about a guy playing Russian roulette. And then on stage behind him are literally six chambers that he is going to interact with all six chambers and face like certain amounts of reality and like magic tricks and that's the show and he builds it up and executes it and each one of those tricks are shown to you in a very specific order to build to the climax not just of the magic but I think of the overall storytelling because he doesn't save the most complex uh, trick for last he saves the most impactful trick for last like you would if you were telling a grander narrative so the reason i really like this is it involves some very high level magic that you would otherwise see in like <clears throat> i don't know penn and teller shows that are maybe like a little bit acerbic but this one isn't it's very earnest and it's very from the hearts um, or you would get it as like you know uh, real mentalists which is basically hucksterism which is like telling people you could talk to their dead relatives and whatnot, which I don't, I think that's like a bad way of using these magic tricks slash mentalists.
2: I will say, you know, remember, um, what was his name? Was it John Roberts who could communicate with the dead? Does anyone know what I'm talking yeah, about? Where, like he would have know. an audience full of people and be like, I'm talking to your aunt and she wants you to know.
3: And you then
2: he <laughs> ask them enough questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, No, you didn't cold like you reading- when she was alive. Um, <laughs> Cold
0: reading sucks if you use it for that purpose. Yes. And I think uh, this show sidesteps it because it's not actually doing a cold read. Uh, But the feelings
2: are the same. Like, that's what I think he... There's a feeling in the show that he's like communicating with the dead with he's pulling out of ideas that... Are right in front of you that you could never touch because they're ethereal or something and he can grab them out of nowhere there but there even is a trick and i don't want to well i don't think i don't think he could grab them out of nowhere
0: there's a very specific part where it's like the reason i said that uh i used uh david talking about the title card to say this is all a trick is you're supposed to feel like you're in this theater like it's a theatrical show this is a films theatrical
2: show a la directed by frank oz
0: Yeah, directed by frank oz yeah. yes
2: That's the stage play great. the stage show and the movie are directed by frank oz
1: i would love to know how frank oz got involved in this i guess he just likes yeah. magic
2: uh the answer actually derek did a twitter thread the other night where he said he just thought frank oz was the guy that there was like a touch of comedy and a touch of heart and like maybe the muppet stuff factored in a bit but like he he went to frank oz to go do this and frank oz had never directed theater before but i feel like pat just said the muppet stuff like there's going to be muppets they're not Muppets. <laughs> muppets. They're, um, frank oz's muppet stuff gave him cred to make Ms.
1: this right, right, right. surprise appearance in the final <laughs> so, act i mean that would be
0: whimsy and they do uh, promise a lot of things uh, there are there is a puppet dave in the show yes yeah look i don't want to tell you what is or isn't in (laughs) the show because that's counterintuitive to what i think that thesis of the statement is it's very interesting um it's so well done of a magic trick that i think it maybe does cross over into what patches is talking about like a greater film about um uh definition and creativity and uh i don't want to get more specific than that but uh identity um that's less specific perfect uh but i do think that there's not a downside to giving this a chance if you got if you got the old hulu uh roll the dice if it's not for you literally one of the least offensive things i've ever seen uh, come across it's
2: very nice it's it's emo and it's interesting to watch like everyone in the theater be crying at the end like there p- some people in this are really moved and i understand yeah, the- well there's
0: also it's cut together from all the like over 500 shows he did yes so you're watching people crying and you're like oh my god i'm having a moment and then, and then, then like, they cut to bill up. gates <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah or like they cut to tim gunn having a breakdown in yeah. the theater <laughs> and i'm like holy shit Jeez. Uh, what kind of yeah, waiver is- do they
1: have these people sign
2: yeah it is kind of incredible but it-, it is emotional and there's one scene there's one trick that he does and i Honestly, have no idea how they do this, but mm-hmm. uh, and I won't go into it. But like, it's confrontational. It's asking people in the audience without knowledge of what they're about to embark on. That's I, the I, w- I would assume. That's I would one, assume.
0: That's the one ethical problem I do have with this is that trick he performs that trick on one person and I was like oh if that trick is done the way I thought it was done that's not a cool thing to do to a person
2: yeah I mean it's, it's pretty disruptive of your life it's confrontational and I mean the way the movie I, presents, think,
0: it, I think it works I think the way, well. he did, the, yeah. way he, the way he lands the trick I understand why he did it but just like while wow, it was happening I don't know it's, a, it's, a very, it's an extremely good magic show is it a good movie you have to decide but watch it's only 90 minutes that's yeah. the best part yeah yeah roll the dice roll the dice on some uh, in and of
2: itself flip the c- card if you will
1: So today on Monday, uh, I realized that the big trailer of the weekend had been Godzilla versus Kong, and that I hadn't watched it. So I decided to finally watch. This trailer and my main <laughs> takeaway was that it features the likes of Rebecca Hall and Kyle Chandler spouting off lines of dialogue that you cannot believe in human being. And Alexander also, Skarsgard,
0: although maybe you believe, also him. he was like on True Mecha Blood.
2: Rebecca
0: Mecca,
1: Kong bao no one. <laughs>
2: Ma- Wait, you could do a better pun <laughs> there. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Hall, And there, for some
1: reason, there. I don't remember if Brian Tyree Henry has a line, but he shows up in the trailer in a way that I was just like, oh no, he's here too. How did he get dragged into this?
3: Mm. Uh, and he was all. Also- also in uh, the, the disastrous uh, Melissa McCarthy HBO Max vehicle, super intelligence, um, super intelligence, and it's like yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, you're so talented. You know, you can be talented. <laughs> gotta get his money. Come Three on,
1: It's okay. Um, oh, I know. And then over the course of this, I was reminded that there was a movie called Kong Skull Island, which is new to me. Mm-hmm. It apparently, did you? So you did
2: not see Kong? I did not see
1: Kong Skull I Island. See Kong Island. Island. I. There was a Godzilla sequel, which I also didn't see. I saw the Godzilla that David liked and called post-human cinema.
0: Yes. Uh, I think all the Godzilla movies are post-human cinema.
3: I mean, increasingly, I think that the 2014 Godzilla is an inflection point in modern Blockbuster. after that,
2: reality itself became uh, (laughs) post-human.
3: Well, cinema certainly did uh, in that... It seems what you had with uh, Skull Island, which is a real piece of shit, and certainly the dreadful King of Monsters last year was, or two years ago, I guess at this point, was them just shit-canning all of the the majesty and grandeur that made, and really anything that was interesting about uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla and just swapping it in with giant CG blobs fighting each other. And this seems to be the next iteration of that. And I, only one movie removed from... The Godzilla I like so much could not be less exciting. But
1: David, also, words, after a year of not ever seeing a giant dumb blockbuster, is there not part of this that looks to you like so dumb it's sublime? Because that's kind of where I like Well, what's
3: interesting, what's interesting about this is that you learn that there's a line for yourself, right? And like maybe that line moves given the state of, uh, I don't know, once in a century pandemic. Hopefully once in a century. Jeez. But the uh, this movie is clearly for me, as, as my brain told me immediately when I saw Uh, that the trailer existed let alone before i even watched it on the wrong side Mm. of that line like there the it has not been long enough (laughs) that we've been out without big blockbusters that uh i would watch just just because it was there like i you really have to and maybe someone we are in the minority here
2: because this trailer is the biggest trailer that warner brothers has ever put online what as of today in, in the first 24 games. hours it is
3: oh. <laughs> um, that is a good
2: joke yeah um, i don't know i still haven't in the seen all now. of
3: i still haven't seen all of fucking uh the last godzilla movie because i get so godzilla bored every time i try to watch it on hbo it's not good so, like, skip uh, yeah uh, yeah, yeah totally no no i have a great this. a
0: great way to watch godzilla the king of the monsters humans talking watch the monster part skip it mm. And then, then you get you just keep going for the rest.
1: So, Dave, I mean, we're going to talk about this movie when it comes to. I don't know, is it coming to HBO every Max time people this don't year? leave reviews
0: on this show? We're yep, going to, talk, we're, about we're going to this talk about this movie. movie. Right. All
1: right. So then, to start with, uh, Godzilla appears to get an axe from the center of the <laughs> Earth. Correct.
0: King Kong gets an axe from the center of the oh. Earth. Yes. Godzilla, I don't believe. Well, no, he does have like some sort of thumb sort of thing deal in this design. So yes, he could use an axe. Yeah, yeah. So the monster verse, if you've uh, missed it, the update is uh, we live on a hollow Earth. Uh, meaning that inside the earth there are tunnels there was a whole hollow earth civilization that worshiped these monsters as gods uh godzilla was apparently the king of these uh monsters and now king kong has gone from skull island where there was a little bit of hollow earth radiation so he got kind of big full into the hollow earth where he stumbled across either like a new radiation uh, source or this old world technology or both, which is a made him bigger. So he could actually fight Godzilla who was much bigger than calling Kong Kong-Skill Island. And he has a, he has an ax that like absorbs Godzilla's like energy uh, Ray. And he's going to, he's going to ax him in the face. Cool. You See that in trailer. Godzilla just gets wailed on in the face in the trailer. It's pretty sweet.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll still see this movie.
3: It's coming,
1: is yeah, it coming out this year. Speechless. Is it going to be one of those HBO Max things?
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it's coming yeah, out March absolutely. 26.
1: Oh, shit. That's really soon.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah March 36. March,
1: March 36. Uh, March 36. 36. Everything is different in
2: 2021. It's, I'm sorry. No, it's
1: been March 2020 this whole time. That's the,
3: yeah. that's the challenge. <laughs> I am still oh. hung up on Rebecca Hall yeah <laughs> uh, i really hope that that comes true i mean i have to like and, and you know I, i've said this uh, on twitter but maybe i'll say it here just to give me more places to eat crow if this doesn't turn out to be the case mecca crow but uh, i also is that other crow movie ever coming out that's neither here nor there but no. um no. the uh, uh i just i feel like part of the thing that's sapping my excitement about this is that it, it seems like they have to martha the, the ending and that neither King Kong or Godzilla can win, even though the poster and I fully have my class action lawsuit ready to go says that one of them will fall. I mean, maybe that one of them will like trip. I mean, over yeah, they'll definitely they fall down. Several times. Up, right? But uh, capitalism is truly the king of all monsters, and there is no way that this movie can definitively settle who is the victor. Well, the the, so, the fan and, theory right uh, now
2: is that the Godzilla in the trailer might be Mecha Godzilla. Oh
3: yeah, no, no, Mecha, by, Mecha
0: Godzilla is in the trailer in like the first uh 30 20 seconds if you frame by frame it
2: yeah so Godzilla real Godzilla and King Kong may never fight they might just team up
0: oh i don't think that's going to happen i think it's 2v uh 1v1 1v1 2v1 fight <laughs> scene there you out. go yeah my axe and my axe well King it's Kong. like like uh, coach taylor has to be like godzilla's hurting people we don't know why which i think is his line and uh that rebecca hall has to be like who's gonna take take him on now and alexander Skarsky is gonna be like i got the giant monkey who likes the little asian girl and then they're all gonna come up with stupid things and then one of them is going to be like oh actually we made a godzilla out of king Ghidorah's dried head and then that's where it's, it's gonna come from but like, but the fun thing, Movies. Like, the first, like the first Godzilla was seeing actors like Brian Cranston just being like, you know what? The movie isn't about you. You're here to say two stupid lines convincingly and then move out of the way.
2: And so I'm looking forward to everybody's stupid lines. I, I got to say, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid over a polygon, but like, isn't this what video games are for? I don't, I'm taking less and less pleasure in just watching Godzilla and King Kong and things like that fighting and blowing things up and giant CG clouds. I... Is, I want to be. I want to be mashing A and 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 having wielding Kong's axe as I smash Godzilla in the face. Like that would
0: be great. But the thing is, it's like it's not our genre. It's like this is the Americanized version of a whole bunch of weird ass shit. And like, what I, I saw a discussion on Twitter the day the trailer is actually released, how these are both like monsterized versions of what the Western, the violence, the Western world commits on asia slash the jungle and how these are now like americanized toys that we're just slamming together and isn't capitalism gross i think all of those things are valid that's the great thing about giant suit monster movie fight movies that have now become giant cg monster movie fight movies they're just a genre and if you like that genre it's pretty easy to hit that little target uh just have some giant things punch each other
2: uh he likes that genre
0: yeah do you need to make a good human story apparently what we're learning with legendary series is they don't think so because these are profitable enough anyway leave a review fighting in the war room on itunes (laughs) otherwise i'm gonna go further into what the apex corporation is uh where the different fights take place uh you know things like that
3: i just wish any of that was actually interesting in the context of the movies
0: callbacks from this film that are directly to the previous Godzilla
2: vs. King Kong. Keep it going.
1: I watched Tenet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it took a while. I don't really know what took me this long at this point. Like, I thought I was going to watch it. It wasn't on the Warner Brothers screener app anymore, which is weird. Um, so, I rented it for $6. I was very pleasantly surprised by the rental cost. Um, and then I watched it on Friday. No- I watched it on Thursday night and I was like, fuck this movie. I got to the end of it. I was exhausted by it. It had, uh, it, it. we're, we're going to spoil Tenet. I, I, we're just going to spoil Tenet. Whatever. It's been out for a long yeah. time. Um, so you it ends with difficult. like,
0: it's not good.
1: Every every time Christopher Nolan does anything resembling a war movie, it's so bad, like beyond the levels of what bad Wait, is. And are, it's, you, it's, are
3: you talking just purely in the context of Tenet, or are you... Are you, you talking about like, Dunkirk, Dunkirk no. right now? Dunkirk sorry, is best Dunkirk being the, No, the Dunkirk prestige? being a huge
1: exception. I'm mostly thinking about the like big shootout at the end of Inception in the snow. Like Anytime there's a lot of people shooting guns at each other. Like What's great about Dunkirk is there's I, not a bunch of gunfights. It's the very obvious. Of, like, the end of, the of, the of the Inception is definitely
3: a lot more in the james bond milieu than something that i would classify as a war film
1: okay but i don't want to spoil hairs tenet- here
3: but like you know where you're going to say something that's going to slag my my boy dunkirk i'm going to come no, for I you love on dunkirk, three different timelines the- simultaneously
1: the beauty of dunkirk is that it's not a bunch of people just shooting guns at each other it's a lot of very clear goals mm-hmm. and yeah. that are not at the end of tenet Anyway, then the next day I was like, I need to watch some other movies, but I kind of want to watch Tenet again because I think I figured out how these turnstiles work. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched most of Tenet. Like I skipped over some parts um, and then liked it. And now I want to watch Tenet again. Wait, and I
3: skipped over some parts of Tenet?
1: Yeah, because I'd seen it already. <laughs> oh, okay, like, sure. I, I re-watched you saw it already because you were going back
3: stuff.
2: in time and then forward in <laughs> time yeah, or exactly. because I you- I gone back in time. Oh, right, okay.
1: <laughs> I think the thing for me is that I got to the end of it and I was like, I feel exhausted and beaten down. And then you get this like spark of like the friendship between John David Washington and Robert And You're like, oh, that's the part of the movie that I've actually liked this whole time. And now they're just like ending on this note. So do I want to watch it again and like watch them build this partnership? And then I did. And then it was good. I don't know, guys. It's more, <laughs> it is a more interesting movie than I felt when I first finished watching it. But I still don't think it's a good movie. But I still want to see it again. It
0: feels like a bet. Feels like someone made a bet with him at some point when he was like
3: post- what what is Tenet a bet is it a fucking bet yeah.
0: <laughs> basically just like uh, like post dunkirk someone's like I bet you could really just like get all up your own ass with this because There are flashes during Tenet several times where I'm like, the filmmaking of this is cool. I like the momentum of this, especially some of the fight choreography is cool. I think Mm -hmm. the stuff that doesn't move backwards in terms of fight choreography is just brutal. Like the kitchen fight really early on. Um, It has a lot of stuff that I like. The stuff that you're talking about, Katie, I think is just... The you put a good actor in a nothing role and they make something out of it like i think robert pattinson sure. said he had no idea what was going on in this movie which i think i don't know if that would have helped him or not it's just you kind of you you skate through on the charm of his character and on the protagonist but yeah. every single choice that he makes christopher nolan makes in this movie seems uh counterintuitive to somebody enjoying the movie Like uh, if you're going to make a puzzle box film that you could watch multiple times, it's really only supposed to be rewarding like the other one, maybe make it faster. Like I don't like this movie doesn't really start until like 90 minutes in because we have to see the things we're eventually going to see go in like reverse. But up until then, it's like a stack of a whole bunch of heists. And in between those little scenes where they walk and talk about how they're going to plan the heists, which is just
1: I like those scenes. I like a walk and talk.
0: It's fine. But like we're having sort of this problem talking about uh, season five of Lost over in my other podcast, which is like time travel storytelling is about setting an expectation for the audience and then showing them either that expectation happening in a way they didn't expect or showing them that it didn't happen, which makes them feel like, oh, no, now they're like learning a new rule or they're seeing something unique in time. There are moments of like that here, but it doesn't need to be so long and it doesn't need to be needlessly weird. You know, Kenneth Branagh's Russian whatever thing doesn't really have to be going on. I'm not into any of the characters as people
3: until the end, you mean you're not fascinated with the nuances of the protagonist? No, not really. <laughs> or
1: Elizabeth Debicki as the tall woman.
3: woman. Yeah, tall woman.
1: She's very tall. She's very so tall. To her credit, she gets Real to
2: be tall. I have to say they usually. They try to yeah, be
1: she opens a front car door with her foot from the back seat. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that scene where Show she grapples
2: it. with Godzilla and King Kong. uh um, the Like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> where she wields the axe in battle against mecha <laughs> that was surprising it was different
3: for her
1: that would be a thousand Someone's times finally would figuring
3: so elizabeth on so special effects they could just shoot <laughs> elizabeth elizabeth de becky against the plate but those are also I
0: have, th- those are also storytelling things i think there's things just wrong with the movie like you're talking about the third act has no geography Despite being a very complex time pincher where I think it would help to have some geography, so you know there's like four Excuse Robert me. No Excuse me.
3: No, 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 no. Everyone shut the fuck up. Time pincer? <laughs> yeah. Time pincer, Did you say on my Wait, podcast? What? Temporal oh my pincer attack.
1: You got a real Christopher Nolan over here. Whatever. Please. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the fact that they have two different sets of people moving in opposite directions for a goal that is like, even though it's diagrammed and shown to you, it's still unclear what they're trying to do or where or how. Uh, There's a lot of that in this movie. A lot of someone being like, here is exactly how this is going to work. And you're like, okay and then you watch it you're like I don't know I, th- that didn't help at all I have no idea what one that thing
3: was. that's confusing about that scene <laughs> in addition to the 73 other things that are confusing <laughs> about that scene is that former New York Rangers star Sean Avery who is trying to pivot into acting and dies in the first scene of the uh, Mark Wahlberg Peter Berg movie Mile 22 is one of the people sitting in the audience being lectured to about the red and blue teams uh, as wow. if I needed another <laughs> thing to be distracted from during Sorry, that.
0: Gonna uh, I'm also going to Reiterate the thing that I have probably snuck in a few times. I don't think Christopher Nolan knows how to sound mix a movie. I mean, he does. Know I think how that, to sound mix
2: a movie, and Debbie, he does it's this.
0: He it's wants just, it to sound like this. Yeah, that's that means like okay, that's great. Like you could uh, you could let a child define what the primary colors are all you want but i feel like there's still you know red green and blue and we could all agree on what that is i feel like this is a ba- just a bad sound mix
3: but it's not like at this point i mean it's not like christopher nolan sees the finished movie at the premiere Back when we used to have those things, and it's like, uh oh, whoopsie <laughs> like,
0: Daisy, you know. Well, I made a boo boo. I feel like <laughs> the,
3: the choices whether or not people uh, find them enjoyable are deliberate at yes, this point. Yes, definitely and deliberate. Everyone
2: but needs to fucking
0: Why? Here's my. Well, why, he why is that? he doing this? I have a theory. I don't know. I theory. The Call theory is he's trying to be an asshole and making you see it in a theater because no, I don't. Yeah, think
1: but that, it doesn't help in a theater either. I,
2: yes, exactly. I don't think that's true. Here's my theory. Sometimes I listen to spoken word recordings of like '60s and '70s British dramas, which you can find. I was listening to like the Lord of the Rings um, on Spotify, the old BBC version, while I was working, which is something I don't usually do. I can't listen to music with lyrics, but I decided to just kind of can, turn can you on listen a drone. To the movie
3: music and lyrics? No, mm. no.
2: Um, <laughs> but I, I, I sometimes just want to hear the human voice, like mumbling. And mm-hmm. I think that the the words don't matter to Christopher Nolan. I think that's key, right? Like he just wants you to hear sounds of human voices. So you knew they're human characters and you feel that <laughs> connectivity. But the words don't matter. If it did, then you'd understand how
3: temporal pincers work. You would understand I mean, I anything that's... about this. That's only true yeah, no, to a the script. the words degree. matter so much. He's not Brian Eno, right? He's not just like throwing in a word kind salad of. because it. No, nah, I, I think the kind of is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. I think there are very important things that are communicated, maybe less so in this movie, certainly in Dunkirk, you know, almost not at all. But um, I think the scripts in some of his other movies are very involved. And I, my problem, well, I saw Tenet in a theater and I uh, have not watched it at home, but. I I've never really I mean Bane sure, and I think that that did more harm than good, certainly in the public imagination, but um the Fire Risers <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hey, we all heard that. He uh, was, we knew what he said. He was- but, yeah, but like, I I don't know. The, my problem with understanding what was going on in Tenet had nothing to do with not understanding the actual words that were coming out of But don't you mouth. think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched it with subtitles on. I
3: watched so- everything with subtitles. I don't know. I just didn't have that problem in the theater. I still had no the idea second what the the was going score, on. The, the second time, the
0: but... score comes in in the Opera House assault, I'm like, this is wrong. But isn't Nolan
2: getting away <clears throat> from dialogue getting away from plot he's trying no! to divorce these movies as much as possible no! from the exposition of it all if he is then no! he's not are you doing kidding it right me? these are horrible there's choices there's so much
1: exposition in this movie every other scene in this movie is exposition Tenet, so I mean, I don't, are, here's I, how I, this thing works
2: i don't really like Tenet, but i do think Tenet is dunkirk with dialogue I mean, that, I, think so it doesn't much matter. Of, I think
3: so much of Christopher Nolan's, I mean, Dunkirk really being an outlier, but so much of his filmography is about weaponizing exposition and trying to sort of sublimate exposition into action. And uh, I think that is very much at work here. It is really the bridge between uh, that and the brutalist aesthetic between uh, and the way they play with time and so forth between that and Inception, uh, between Tenet and Inception um, I do think that, you know, he does have an interesting approach to exposition. I just like I find it very hard to be mad at Christopher Nolan. I find it very hard to be mad at just about anyone who is a Republican lawmaker in general these days. But um,
2: actually, Christopher Nolan stormed the Capitol. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, I changed my mind.
3: But uh, the um, I just like, you know, he. Yeah, do I have some complicated opinions about his whole attendant is going to open movie theaters in the middle of the pandemic because if that were the right move rather than closing them earlier so that the movie theaters would not be spewing money that they weren't going to earn back? Yes, but as a artist, um, you know, given the leeway that he's bought for himself in uh, at a scale in an industry that doesn't really allow artists to, to function or be as artists and have that degree of freedom like listen he's going to make a Christopher Nolan movie this is the most scope. Christopher We're talking, Nolan movie this is the like th- all of that narrative that always swirls around I, his my releases question is, is like where beyond. does he go where does he go from here it's like this really does he goes feel
2: backwards like, in time
3: <laughs> I mean if his to next the beginning movie of his career. Dunkirk again that would be hilarious that would be awesome I would I'm certainly gonna... <laughs> imagine that his next movie is more constrained in some way more dunkirk like in terms of i suspect it will continue to play with a lot of his fixations but um i think it's probably going to hoping for more of a prestige shrink rather than grow um i think this is really him it feels like stretching things beyond like some of his motifs and ticks beyond where they are comfortably able to go um i enjoy a lot of this movie and how it exists i think a lot of the execution is um you know, it's a it's a movie that's a lot more fun to think about than it is to watch at times. Uh, it's
1: very fun to just skip through, though, which is maybe what yeah, I recommend. Uh, just like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Monsters.
0: <laughs> and uh, you know, our equal artistic merit is what we're saying. Right?
3: I remember when I was seeing the movie for the first time, and they, you know, they sort of reached the point where it seems like it's going to boomerang, and there was a part of my brain that was just on fire thinking that the movie was about to completely retrace its footsteps almost beat for beat and yet have new action happening at the same time by virtue of the way it set up its its structure. And uh, my mind was boggled trying to think about how Nolan was going to do that. And I remember the air sort of deflating from the tire when I realized that he was like half doing that and half dancing around it. Um, And and, half
1: inventing a whole other. Yeah, and and, and going and spiraling out
3: into things that I found less interesting and the hamminess of having Kenneth Branagh do like a parody of a Bond villain never really fit into this for me. The idea, like, you know, it it feels like if, if Christopher Nolan, this movie could only have been made by sort of flop era Christopher Nolan so to speak, like post post perfecting his own style with something like Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, but had it been made by a hungrier Nolan 10 years ago, who was scrappier and needed things to be a little bit more watertight uh, and workable mm. for an audience. I think this would have been I a real home run. But I think there's something
2: to him being the sole writer of this movie too, that like he wrote Dunkirk, which had zero dialogue and it was amazing. And here's a movie where he's writing it by himself. And I just don't think he wants the words to matter. I think if they could sound like peanuts, grown-ups then that would be the preferred if it, you could have like Ar- aaron taylor johnson setting up the war plan and just being like blah 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 blah, you know what this is you've seen movies i'm talking about the plan like it doesn't matter but we're just showing this scene because you need to know we're going to battle like God, he doesn't I just I, love, I feel like he the, doesn't think much of his
3: dialogue so he doesn't that's want fine, to be there especially in the in no, which in is fine the- Contrast of something like Godzilla vs. Kong, Kong vs. Godzilla, whatever the fuck that movie is called. I can't believe how much Like is Godzilla, I, is I will never Post- not... Post-human
0: cinema. We're all I will never Christopher Nolan's
2: post-human cinema.
3: Not get is off now. on how Christopher Nolan get uses analog special effects to... Do things that people have not necessarily seen before. I mean, like, there is nothing more primitive in terms of fucking with cinema than running it backwards. This is the oldest special effect in the book. And yet here he's doing it in the context of a $200 billion blockbuster where like actual time is Colliding and intersecting as one timeline's going forward, and the other people are going backwards, and they're sending us a war in reverse. And I was gonna make a joke about Christopher really...
2: Nolan needs to do a, a, a movie where a train comes out
3: of screen, but then I realized that he has. The... <laughs> Don't tempt him, and He's, yeah, so he, he did it. Did he do an uh, inception?
0: <laughs> he basically
3: did it in inception. But the, um, you know, there's a train where it doesn't matter where it's going, but it's gonna take you far, far away from here. Now I've actually just gotten to Forrest Gump, it's all blur <laughs> in my brain. But the, um, yeah, I, I mean, I just I am never not gonna be amused by him taking his galaxy brain approach to the simplest tools of cinema uh, and making it palatable or if not palatable at least sort of viscerally exciting to Katie, the, the masses in 2020. What are the scenes that
2: you are going back to? What do you what do you I like the, about 10? Ultimate.
1: the oslo stuff i think both of those versions of that sequence are great and i am a eternal sucker for Wait, is the, oslo where they drive the already. plane
2: into a building
1: oslo's where they drive the plane to the building and then you see it one time and they're fighting with somebody who's running backwards and you don't know what's going on um and me who can never predict a twist ever uh didn't realize that they were going to go back to it and then that, that was going to be john david washington again until like right before it started to happen um And it's so satisfying. And like what David was saying about it being simple is that you show two guys running, you give some context, but not all of it. You show show the guy going backwards. I mean, obviously the choreography of that fight sequence is very complicated and I can't, I'm sure there are plenty of CGI, but like it's relatively simple. Uh, And then you go back and see it again and things are different. And it's like the cleanest action scene, I think in the entire movie, it's the one that has the most meaning to the story. Like I still don't understand why the Kia heist happens or what like why it's in the movie mm. the final battle scene you're talking about um, I just think that's like such a it's good so, like here's what this movie is about it's so perverse um, that Christopher Blackheart.
3: Nolan can't stage clear action given how precise he is about everything else
1: yeah it really is
3: I mean this was a problem in Inception it's Dark definitely Knight. a problem here where you feel like oh I mean yeah for sure um, and he's doing all these crazy analog tricks I mean the Dark Knight you know there are how many videos do we see behind the scenes we're flipping that truck and yet the payoff is so muted on screen because it's so choppy and it's just like no, all the people No, the truck flip
1: in Dark Knight I think it's the big exception like that whole chase scene in the Dark no, Knight No, no, no that's really the one that
3: people it. have spent hours yeah, like, no, telling you how the geography
2: well, the, a, the, flip, the, the truck flip is cool but the, the scene where they're under in the tunnels and stuff is just
3: like
1: yeah it's, it's hard. and they do the same yeah. thing here the whole chase the car chase in this is really hard to follow and then, yeah like, the and it's like i car- oh, zoned
3: out during that part back but it's, cool. case, it's like at, least, car if car the, <laughs> at least if the at least to what was visually happening were clearer my brain would be freer have more resources to try and think through the logistics of what's happening in the story but because hmm. you are literally your eyes are so busy just trying to follow what's happening it becomes kind of a hot mess um
1: yeah, and if that's he doesn't something want the dialogue I him to matter, on. he needs the action to be clear. Go, like, you Christopher
3: can't Nolan, them. go watch some old Jackie Chan movies challenge. <laughs> See how it's done.
2: I would I want him to make I a would... martial arts movie.
3: He should make. I him. mean, that's kind of the last thing I would want him to make right now, given his uh, strengths and weaknesses. No, he
0: should do like but, a run, Lola, low, no, run training. sort of thing where it's like high intensity a uh, single timeline
3: in his just dreams. like well, cool,
0: practical i mean
3: dunkirk is like 94 minutes long and that uh, i think is as close to yeah no and it does really good things with time, time to
0: dilation to you know make it work like that's i think great it's, yeah i just thought
3: movie uh, i mean I think going back to something uh, on the scale of a uh, memento or something that would be an interesting challenge for him yeah but, yeah genre um, i also don't I also well, do. Like, what about Godzilla versus I just, Kong? I, 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 he's like the only. <laughs> have they made that in you the know, movie? He's the only person who's operating at this with original filmmaking of this uh, go for broke, um, yeah. risk taking at this scale. And so, part of me also wants to have continue seen the trailer for world. Yeah, I mean the scene, the
1: scene where they like they say they're going to crash the plane into the building, and then when I saw the size of the plane, I just like laughed out loud because like of course it's just fucking enormous. Like Chris Rinaldi is going to make the biggest possible plane, and again, having been starved for spectacle for almost a year, like. I was grateful for that, even though it was in my living room. Um, so, yeah, David, I'm with you that like, I would rather have Christopher Nolan making big things than not, uh, even if it seems to have eluded, eluded his grasp for a lot of this movie.
2: Maybe a big cake.
0: Oh, yeah. Big cake. Big Nolan cake. You cut, you cut <laughs> inside, and it's actually a human. That's the twist. Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's
2: Jonathan Nolan inside of the cake. It's you baking the cake inside <laughs> of the cake.
0: <laughs> inside of the cake. Telling don't don't eat the cake or you can't undo making the cake
1: (laughs) um i have so wonderful people and no one has pushed back i think of all of them christopher nolan's terrible female characters elizabeth debicki is the worst really i think she might be she has things going
2: on though i mean like does she sort of But then she also like art and inception is worse than this or is better than
1: this she at least is like deliberately symbolic like elizabeth debicki is supposed to be a person but then she doesn't she isn't really a person and she has like the dumbest line of dialogue when someone's like, Everyone on earth will die. And she's like, Even my even son? My like that. Yeah. <laughs> even your, even son, your son, lady. <laughs> well, even, no,
3: no, your and, son is immune to space time. Even before she's like, <laughs>
1: getting
0: blackmailed by a picture and they're like, Well, if if people would know that you sold a fraudulent thing, people would know your bad art it's like tr- art.
1: Yeah, there. that that is that's like one of the side plots where you're like why like why can we not have found an efficient way around this just to like not confuse me further and then she risks fucking up the entire operation in the end because she just like couldn't wait to kill the guy
3: priorities
2: that seems like no to me that's better than (laughs) Rachel. rachel
3: Yeah. Well, Christopher Nolan made a movie without any women. <laughs> it worked yeah, out Dunkirk just great. Did, and so maybe, for maybe, many reasons. maybe he wants to go back to doing that. You know, we have uh, one of the beautiful things about uh, the fact that there are more female filmmakers and female-driven stories than ever is that maybe we don't need to force Christopher Nolan to, uh, yeah, <laughs> to go down that road. Yeah, Christopher Nolan can make uh, 80 Dunkirks, and I think that mm-hmm. would yeah,
1: be just fine. Keep, keep it going there.
0: 80 you know, there's, Dunkirks. There's a couple of times a character in this movie, and one of them is when Elizabeth the Becky's character is like, I could just dive off that I'm not like, do you guys you guys know you're living in like a reverse time thing? The other one is where the protagonist like puts on a t- jacket and he Which looks and there's name. like a hole. There's a hole in the, the sleeve like right where he started bleeding re- randomly like an hour before. And he's like, oh, that's weird. And he just keeps going. I'm like, <laughs> don't you guys know you live in inverted time? Like you're just like, oh, I'm going to get stabbed. and That's like, God, I guys, guess,
1: guess we'll figure this yeah, out. I
2: just can't wrap my mind around it. That's I mean, one of the reasons I don't like this movie is because I just don't get it. I really don't get how the be... time works, no. and it makes me. It's like I don't. I I can't explain I just, let the me tell sensation. You
3: about reverse. Let me tell you about reverse entropy. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the <laughs> sensation <we> <laughs> of just never knowing. It's it's almost like thinking about what comes after life. What is what is the afterlife? What is time? Reverse time. I don't know. I'll never make sense of it. I'm lost in an abyss. I was so dizzy.
3: I remember. I remember doing an interview with Don Hertzfeld where we were talking, maybe I was reading an interview with Don, it's hard to tell, but the, he was talking about what he thinks after the afterlife is, and he was like, it's just like the before life. I mean, we were, there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of millions of years where you were not alive, uh, and I think your experience of the time after you die will be very similar to those. And that has always been a really satisfying explanation for me, almost as satisfying as the ability to go on iTunes or whatever the fuck and rent Tenet Wow. yeah at the end
1: we're closing this segment you could do yeah, that i mean what else
3: is there to say about tenet we've been talking about it for 20 minutes leave
0: a leave a review for this show too <laughs> otherwise i'm going to talk about godzilla versus kong again i'm really hyping it up wow. this is why leave a review
1: i have one last yeah. question for everybody actually so nolan has made Twist. at least three movies that uh yeah that's not true um what do you think he thinks about time like what robert Pattinson? Interesting- Yes, Margaret Pattinson, mostly Christopher Nolan. Like I think about the part in Interstellar where Matthew McConaughey is watching the video and like realizes his kids are growing up without him. It's like the like one like really powerful emotional mm. moment. To-
2: she was really onto something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and <laughs> the then conversation finally time, got
0: good. Oh, <laughs> oh, she's back. She's
1: back.
2: <laughs> all right, I'm back. Try Katie. Take two. Uh,
1: hang what on, does Christopher Nolan think about time? what is Chris Nolan? Like the one really successful moment I I could think of with him messing with time is Matthew McConaughey watching the video of his kids in Interstellar, realizing they've grown up without him. Like, I guess probably like the climax of Dunkirk has a similar effect of like, where you see all the timelines converging, but like, he's just constantly messing with time in different ways. It doesn't seem like he's obsessed with like nostalgia, the way that sometimes travel movies can be, or like trying to set things right. Like it's always kind of like a thought experiment. Like, do do any of you have like a coherent vision of what he's wants to do with time
3: i think he's just uh, sort of fascinated by how film as a medium allows you to manipulate time in a way that other mediums don't and to to play with this thing that's sort of inviolable this force that rules us all in the real world and to be able to manipulate it with your hands is really exciting for him and there are logistical puzzle-like components of that there are deeply emotional components of that we are all prisoners to it um I, I think that it really uh really gets them going. I, 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 uh, the-
2: I agree with that one hundred percent. My armchair psychologist answer to this question is that I mean, the, the, you, the scene you were just talking about with Interstellar, like how much time can pass, your whole life can pass you by if you take on the mission that you're meant to take on and you might your kids might just grow up without you thinking about it. And I think Inception has similar themes. He's trying to go back to his kids. His kids might be living whole lives yeah. where, wherever he is. Um, and time, if you are obsessed with this medium, obsessed with art, this is your life. Um, I mean, I talked to artists about... About this all the time, which is like, what are the sacrifices you have to make to be able to do what a Christopher Nolan does? Uh, especially when you're traveling the world, trying to document, like, photograph amazing places and amazing stunts, and and have these grand visions, make these big movies. I think he's worried about time. I think he's worried about getting his life's work in. To the amount of time that he has on this planet whatever his life's work is and he also has a family he has a wife he has a life in theory um how do you balance time how do you do everything that you want to do in the limited amount of time
3: that you have on this planet
0: there's also a lot of empathy
3: here that's definitely the Dax Shepard armchair uh psychology have you ever listened to that podcast is that what he does on that podcast he talks about christopher nolan and, and just guesses about <laughs> yeah. what could be psychologically like, christopher nolan loves his family choices. and here's
0: why i, just I think know a lot of Canada. artists
2: struggle with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. for me it's more
0: like um, struggle with this christopher nolan is the type of person where if he sees something that interests him he wants to like take it apart and if you're going to deal in time you mm-hmm. deal in like math physics that's or like idea. art Thanks, Matches. You deal with like math, math, physics, or art. And so he's literally like conceptualizing time throughout his entire work in, uh, I think, a way that he sees time and then a way that is an accurate way to see time. But it's being divorced from individual experiences. For me, his movies are most interesting when they bounce back and forth between what like the, the clinical time perspective of this thing is versus what the actual experience in that time is for the person and i think that's when tenet is actually interesting when like somebody's going in reverse and you have to like figure it out and you have to feel your way through an inverted fight scene that's interesting to me and i think uh, that's interesting to chris nolan when it's most successful like when katie's and patches are like bringing up this when it ties more to the human side, but I think that's him being a good storyteller. I don't think those are things that are coming from his
1: art. I think he'd... That's not him having feelings. Exactly. I know.
0: think he's just being a good robot and latching time
2: to where we have feelings. <laughs> I don't think so. I <laughs> mean, even Tenet is about like, what if you have a whole other timeline in your life? What if you could go in reverse? What can you accomplish? I don't, I, I... Uh,
1: I don't You can't, I you don't, can't I don't, have a whatever happened,
0: happen movie and then also be like, maybe I could change the past. Like, that's the whole point it's wishful. when people. do
1: you also i have one last question yeah. when does robert pattinson die when does he go back he gets shot he in the dies. head
0: in the, the yeah.
1: no i know but like so it's after he goes off on the helicopter and tells john david washington we're gonna go hang out a lot yes but when like do we have any sense of how long after that that, that happens he
0: inverts after that
1: like immediately after that i think he but we don't know I think right he has to yeah, we know. But like he's being pretty casual. It doesn't seem like he knows he's gonna go have to. No, die. No, he has to no,
0: die. But then he he's does. also the little kid, so he completes his own loop. That
3: I don't buy that at all. Uh, I don't remember you... him There's being, no being a little kid of any kind in the movie. He's but... a lizard. He, with no, the that's the theory son. that
1: he's the son. What? Oh, please. No, that he is doesn't not. make any sense
0: no, the protagonist inverts him and trains him back before the opera house, and then he's Robert pattinson uh barf um, okay have to
1: invert for like fifteen yeah, years yes,
0: this is, yes. No, all the th- I, all the things are named no, after that fucking satyr tenant tile no. that you know they found in fucking Pompeii yeah, because yeah. that's how far back this is supposed to go. That's why the Sater and the Rostin and all the fucking backwards words. This movie is exactly that
2: dumb.
3: Do you think that the people in the future sent Ted Cruz back to us?
2: Mm. Uh, <laughs> sick right. of him. Let's rewind the whole
0: show and start over. <laughs> Maybe there's a review this time.
1: Mm. What's happened, happened, Dave. So next week we'll be talking about Godzilla vs. Uh, that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Wait, are we going to tell people what we're talking about? Is that is We're going we just... to talk about
2: Little Things. We're
1: going to talk about Little Things. We're trying th- to plan more things. in
2: 2021. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how that lasts. Uh, the, little the Little Things, things will be
1: it'll, it'll be on HBO Max this HBO weekend. Max. on like, Tenet. And, on and in theaters. And in theaters. Don't go to the theaters. And- yeah. <laughs> we love movie theaters. Don't go to the theater. Um, in the meantime, tell the people who you are.
2: I'm Matt the senior editor at Polygon.com. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches, we have a website, com, where you can get all the latest news, which uh, I believe is just our new episodes.
3: Uh, I'm David Relic, I'm the new film critic for IndieWire. I will be spending just about every waking second between now and the next time you to uh, sundance. The new episode of the show at virtual sundance. Uh, sundance well all of our listeners so, could theoretically watch sundance movies right they could i think a lot of the movies are probably sold out by now i but, think a lot um, are sold out but yeah, yeah you should definitely no. see um, what well a lot I'm of sure the movies come releasing... out the week
2: after sundance so <laughs> it's
3: traditionally true although this year i'd say more more so than in many recent years all the movies do not have distribution yet so uh, because they're they're smaller, less proven titles. It's the nature of a virtual film festival. Anyway, uh, you, you can find our Sundance coverage on IndieWire. You can find all of us together on iTunes at Fighting in the War Room. Uh, please, for the love of Godzilla, leave us a review because uh, I truly cannot bear having another segment about Godzilla versus Kong. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm.
0: Godzilla versus Kong. Great. He put the king's name first and then the guy whose name first name is king second uh my name is dave gonzalez you can follow me on twitter at da 70 uh you can also listen to me on the storm a lost rewatch podcast which is in the time travel season of season five and is kicking tenets ass uh with character based uh drama
1: uh i'm katie rich you can find me at VanityFair.com and on the little goldman podcast for this week i talked to john david washington star of tenet Although we mostly talked about Malcolm and Marie. Which oh boy. We'll have on Netflix soon. We'll have to talk about uh, that one. The white guy from you liked it, sort of. We'll get there. We'll talk about Malcolm and
3: <sighs> Marie. Malcolm <sighs>
1: um, the, white, the
3: white guy from Any Wire had a real headache, a hair pulling uh, problem <laughs> trying to write that movie, trying to write about that movie, but.
1: We'll get there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. And we're also on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R, where you can tell us what you think happens at the end of Tenet, or you can answer this week's like Round question, which was... In
0: honor of the recent release date shuffle, what's a movie you think you're actually going to see in theaters this year?
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Baby, I'm done.